Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John. Go ahead and turn to John 11. John 11. This is going to be a familiar passage of Scripture for most of us in this room. Uh, John 11, we're going to be looking at verses 20 through uh, 44. Uh, we're going to read. We're going to read a lot of scripture uh, this morning, and that's okay because we're in church, right? It's okay to read the Bible, right? So we're going to read a lot of scripture, and so um, you'll see this story. You'll see kind of like the the uh, what what is going on in this moment. It's a it's a moment where uh, Mar- Mary and Martha are a little bit frustrated because Jesus didn't show up when they wanted him to show up, and now Lazarus is dead. And so what do you do in that moment? So let's read. And and starting with verse 20, it says, When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Did you notice that? Mary stayed at home. She's a little frustrated. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would have not died. But I I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask, Jesus said to her. Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again. In the resurrection at the last day. See, they asked, they asked for Jesus to show up and he gave them a word that, that Lazarus was going to be taken care of. And so they're in this, this moment now, he's dead. And what are we going to do? What's going to happen in this moment? So the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Who is to come into the world. After she, after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and, and, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn. These were professional mourners. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit, troubled. He was angry. It was a little bit, uh, there was a little bit of frustration there. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor. For he has been dead for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you, did I not tell you, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. 
I love this passage of scripture. I love the word of God. This book is powerful. The book will breed back in what life takes out. The book will breed back in what life takes out. It doesn't matter what happens. The book will always breed back. I love the information at this point in my life. I love the revelation that the Bible has. You can, one passage of scripture can be translated in five different ways. I love that. No matter what you're facing today, I want you to hear me this morning. Cause if I was gonna, if I was gonna title this message, this would be the title of it. Day four, show me the glory. So what I want to challenge you with is this, is no matter what you're facing today, no matter what your circumstance is, God wants to meet you in the middle of your situation. He wants to meet you right where you are. There are moments in your life when your what's in your spirit doesn't match what your circumstances look like. There are moments in your life when what's in your spirit doesn't match everything that's around you. It doesn't match the chaos that's around you. And as you get close to Jesus, there's so many times that he, he speaks to you in a powerful way, right? He gives you a promise. He gives you a dream. He gives you a vision. And when God makes promises, it's big things, right? It's amazing things. He never speaks in an ordinary way. But what do you do when everything God said doesn't match anything around you? What do you do in that moment? All hope is gone in those moments. Maybe there's a promise of education, but you're struggling with finances. Maybe there's a desire to create a business, but every time you try to create that business, you run into a roadblock. Maybe there's this promise that you have on the inside of you that you're going to walk in healing, but you're still struggling with sickness. Maybe there's these promises of freedom, but you're still struggling with addiction. What do we do when everything that's inside of our spirit doesn't match what's all around us? You see, he gives you big dreams. He gives you big dreams and nothing around you at those times, at points in our lives, doesn't look like the promise that's actually been given to me. Have you ever been there? There are seasons in your life where I feel like you have to get violent enough to say, I'm going to have what he said I could have. There are seasons in my life, I'm not talking about getting violent with people. Getting violent with it. I'm talking about getting violent on your knees before God and saying, I'm going to get whatever he said I could have. I'm going after whatever he said I could have because my promises are not dictated by my circumstances. My promises that God has given me is not dictated by my surroundings. It's not dictated by my environment. And there's people in this room this morning, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me with, and, and hear me from a, a place of, of a maybe you haven't gotten the things that you've asked for. Hear me from a place where maybe there's been some disappointment in your life. Today, you need more than just a touch of joy. You need more than just a touch of love. You need more than just another cute service. You need more than just spiritual karaoke. There's people in this room this morning that's been crying out for a a touch from God. And what I'm here to tell you today is that God is wanting to show up and show out. And he's ready to break some things off of us this morning. I want you to hear me. He's ready to break some things off of us this morning. God is done playing tag with this generation. He's showing up in places that don't make sense. And so the challenge for us is, are we going to be that type of church? And I believe it with my entire heart that we're going to be that type of church that says, God, we are here. 
We're available. We want to be used by you. God, if you show up and mess up all of our programs, if you show up and mess up all of our services, if I have to show up on a Monday night because you're moving, if I have to show up on a Tuesday night because you're moving, a Wednesday night, Thursday night, I'll do whatever it takes because I'm after your presence. I'm after your heart. So God's done playing tag with this generation. You know, a few years ago, I was able to go to New York City with my wife. And I love New York City. It was awesome. We got to see some shows. We got to see all these different things. And so it was an incredible time. But as we were walking, see, I'm kind of like, I geek out over, like, revivalists. Like, I, I, I love, I love, you know, stories about Smith Wigglesworth. I love stories about these, John G. Lake. I love stories about these guys that have made a, a huge difference in, in our world and in our culture. And we were walking, and I saw Times Square Church. Now, I know about Times Square Church because I grew up in this church. Our pastors talked a lot about Pastor David Wilkerson, incredible prophet. He's went on to be with the Lord. But I remember going up to that building, and it's going to make sense in just a minute, guys. Stay with me today, okay? But I remember going up to that building, and I, I saw it, and I was like, God... Whatever was on him, bring it to this church, bring it to this area. Whatever was on him, that, that prophetic mantle, that reads, because I knew about it. But as I was, as I was studying for this message, there was a sermon that he preached on June 20, 21st in 1999. And I'm going to read just a little bit of, of, a, of just an excerpt of what he said. It was titled, The Effects. So I want you to hear me. The Effects of Seeing the Glory of God. He wrote this. Scripture makes clear that it's possible for every true follower of Jesus to see and understand the glory of God. Indeed, our Lord reveals his glory to all who ask and seek for it diligently. Moreover, I believe that the revelation of God's glory will equip his people for perilous days ahead. By perilous, he means hazardous or threatening or, or uncertain days ahead. And so, so the glory of God... Would you hear this? So the glory of God will equip God's people for the hazardous and threatening, perilous days ahead. Paul states that this revelation is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all of them which are sanctified, as in noted in Acts 20, verse 32. As I was reading this manuscript, and as I was looking at his notes, I found myself completely agreeing with Pastor David Wilkerson and his assessment and his writings, because here's what I know. I know that the days are going to get darker. All right, I know that the days are going to get darker. I know that there's going to be difficult, hazardous times. I know there's going to be threatening times, uncertain times. That's not being a negative person. If you know me, I'm not a negative person. That's not being a negative person. That's somebody who believes the Bible. That's somebody who trusts the Bible. That evil will grow larger and larger in the final days and the level of evil and what's considered right will be considered wrong. And what was once considered wrong will be considered right. Things will get dark. But here's what I want you to, I want you to catch this morning. Is that, yeah, things are going to get dark. We're going to see in our culture, there's all kinds of chaos, there's all kinds of mess going on. I get that. I, I'm not, there's nobody arguing whether or not there's darkness out there. There's nobody arguing that. But I want you to hear me. For the church, darkness is an opportunity. It's a great opportunity. 
It's an opportunity for the church to rise up and open their doors and begin to make waves. Did you hear me? It's an opportunity because there's going to be people that start running to our church. There's going to be people that start running to our church. They're going to start running into our church. And I believe that they're going to run into this house. And they're going to run into this place. Because they've been searching for all the answers in all the wrong places. Like, like they didn't find what they were looking for. They were, they were looking for peace in those drugs, but they didn't find peace. They were looking for hope in that organization, but they didn't find it in that organization. They were looking for peace in that relationship. They didn't find peace in that book. They didn't find peace in that substance. They didn't find peace in that bottle at all. But when they encounter Jesus, they're going to realize, they're going to realize this is what I've been longing for. And I've heard about this church. I grew up in this area. I grew up in Decatur. I grew up in this region. And I know that there's a church over there called Calvary in Tanner or wherever we're located right now. I want you to hear me. I know that they're crazy. I know that there's something different. I know that there's something different. So it draws me. It draws me in that moment. They're going to walk into this place and lives are going to be changed and set free by an encounter with Jesus. Do you believe that in this room? I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. See, there's a beautiful opportunity as the days grow darker, the light of Jesus shines brighter, that we would reveal the glory of God. Now, the glory of God, the glory of God. That's, that statement could almost seem a little mystical. It could seem a little out there. If you don't understand how theology teaches us about glory, glory only means this, God in his fullness. God in his fullness. But God in his fullness is a beautiful thing But because when you realize who God is completely, that he's all loving, that he's all knowing and all powerful, you will never ever second guess him again. You will never turn your back on him because to see the glory of God is to know and to fully understand and coming into an agreement with on a daily basis that he is the way the truth and the life. And like I thought I knew him yesterday, but as I, as I've walked with him, as I talk with him, I realize that he's even more the way, the truth and the life today. I, I thought I was in love with him today, but as I worshiped him today, I felt more in love with him because I find something else about him. He leads me into paths of righteousness. He leads me to this place where I can encounter him in a powerful way. This is the glory of God. This is the glory of God. And as I was praying the other day, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, the reason why the days are getting darker is not necessarily because there haven't been enough people to turn the light on. Although that's true. There have been several people that once had the light on and turned it off. Did you hear me? They turned it off because of life. They turned it off because of something that happened to them, something bad that happened to them, some type of situation. They turned it off because a hardship happened to them. They turned it off because things didn't go the way that they thought it was going to go. So they gave up on Jesus because man failed them or an organization failed them or a church failed them or life didn't work out the way that they wanted it to work out. They wanted healing when they wanted it, but they didn't get healing when they wanted it. They wanted to go work at that job, but they didn't get that job. They wanted the house, but they didn't get the house. Something happened. It did not work out. And as a result, there's people that have turned away. And here's the truth. What I've learned about church is that church is not necessarily full of people that love Jesus. Did you hear me? 
Church is full of all people. The people that love Jesus and the people that have the light on and then a good amount of people that have the light off. Did you hear me? That have it off. See, like, I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm absolutely glad you're here. But just because you're in the room doesn't mean that you're in correct posture with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus. Just because I show up to this place doesn't mean I'm in the correct posture with Jesus. Doesn't mean I have my life right. You can be around God and far from God. You can be around Him. You can be around Jesus and very far from Jesus. Just ask Judas. Just ask Judas. Judas is proof of that, that you can be around the things of God and yet not have an encounter. Listen, we're on a journey here at Calvary. We are in revival. And so we want everybody to come along for the ride. We want everybody to get on the train. We want to bring everybody with us because I believe that God is wanting to raise up a regional church that transforms a city, that transforms a nation. I believe they can do it in this house. I believe it with all my heart. And so there are people in this room today that you came because someone told you to come. You came because someone begged you to show up. You came, there's some of you guys, you came because you always show up. That's what you do. You serve here. But something happened in your world, something happened in your life, and as a result, you're frustrated, you're doubting, you're overwhelmed, you're questioning whether or not you actually believe this or not, or agree with this or not. But the only thing I want to remind you of is what happened to you when you first fell in love with Jesus. Do you remember when you first fell in love with Jesus? Do you remember that there was a conference or a camp or a service? There was a miracle. There was a healing. He came through at a certain point. Am I the only one that's had moments like this? Am I the only one that's had a breakthrough like this? Am I the only one that's had a moment where Jesus showed up and he transformed everything for me? Is there anybody in this room that would agree and say, I am a product of Jesus showing up. I'm a product of Jesus showing up. And so I'm trying to get you this morning. I want you to hear me. I'm trying to get you to start praising. This is an interactive message this morning. I'm trying to get you to start praising for the people that have stopped praising. I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to get you to start praising for the people that have stopped praising and so that they'll start praising again. I'm trying to get you to the place like I, I want you to understand that our praise makes a difference. Our worship makes a difference. And so there, there's some people in this room, you're not worshiping like you used to. You're not praying like you used to. You're not, you hear this thing about revival and you're like, man, I don't know about this because I've been through hurt. I've been through disappointments. And see, I know I, I'm here for you today. I know you've been frustrated. I know you've been bitter. I know you've been enraged and anger. I know you're confused, but please don't get it twisted. Jesus is still on the throne. Even now, he's still on the throne. He's still Lord. He still can do anything he wants to do. He can part the seas. He could come right into this building right now if he wanted to. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. For, so for the one that's struggling, for the one that's frustrated, for the one that isn't known right now, maybe you're like on the sideline, you're like, man, I, I want my shot. I want my shot. For the one that doesn't understand why life has happened to you the way that has happened to you, allow me to say to you what Jesus said to them. Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you if you believed? 
that you would see the glory of God. Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll catch this in a minute, that you will see the glory of God? Did I not tell you? In other words, what did you and God already have a conversation about? What did you guys already talk about? What was that promise? Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? And why is it that you've forgotten about it? I'm here to remind you. I'm here to pick a fight this morning. I'm here to fan the flame this morning. Did I not tell you? Why have we forgotten about it? You see, those are the words, honestly, that no spouse ever wants to hear. Did I not tell you? Did I? I remember when Kimberly was pregnant with Wren. Wren is now 13 years old. She's a teenager. It's scary. It's messed up. I remember in the early days when Kim, Kimberly was pregnant. I told her I was going to tell her story. And she just looked at me and shaking her head. But I gave her a warning. She came home and she was tired. And there, there was a, she needed a lot of things done. Not only, you know, guys, like we're like this. Like if we do something, we're going to let you know about it for a while. You know, like, I cleaned our floors, like, two months ago, and and I, I, like, took care of our hardwood. Yeah, I took care of our hardwood floors. I made it all shiny, made it all look good, and I've been talking about it ever since. You know what I'm saying? I keep bringing it up. Do you remember when I cleaned those floors? Man, uh, those floors never looked so good. So, anyways, I remember when she was pregnant with with uh, Ren, and uh, she need, there was a whole bunch of errands that needed to be ran, and she was tired, and she was exhausted, and, uh, you know, she was super pregnant, you know, like there's a, there's stages of pregnancy and this was like the super pregnant part. Like you're super pregnant. Like it's y'all, y'all sleep. Everything's uncomfortable. You can't get comfortable. You're like, yeah, I'll stop. So, so she's like, here's what I need, Josh. And she starts talking out and everything like that. And she's like, are you not going to write it down? I was like, I don't need to write this down. I got this. It's like, just let me handle this. And she's like, don't you need a list? I was like, girl, I am the list. I am the list. I got this. I don't need no list. I got this. I listen to you. You have my attention. I listen to you. So I go out and I go shopping and I'm, I got everything. Like I, I'm super proud. I'm super stoked about it. Like, man, I got everything. I got everything that was on the non-existing list. I come home. She starts looking through. I mean, I went to the bank. I did all this stuff. Like, so she comes home and starts looking through, and, and she was making something for her work. So there were some specific types of ingredients that she had previously told me, spoken to me of. And so she put, picks up, and, like, there, I, I, I got, like, skim milk, and I was supposed to get, like, some other type of milk, like the evaporated milk or something like that. And then there was, like, some, some and she just looks at me. Did I not, did I, did I, you know what I do now, guys? Let, let me tell you. I get her to either send me a list or I, I learned after that moment, did I not tell you? And there are people in this room, I want you to hear me. You already got a word from God and you're frustrated because it hasn't happened yet. It has not transpired But can I suggest to you, see, when I look at this story and I look at Mary and I look at Martha, they are frustrated because they wanted their brother to be healed. This is noble. This is incredible. But Jesus did not heal their brother. And as a result in this moment, they feel shortchanged. 
They feel shortchanged. They feel like he didn't show up for them. They're frustrated with him. They're upset at him. But let's be honest. Now that we're on the other side of this thing, what's better? A healing on day one or a resurrection on day four? Did you hear me? What's better? A healing on day one or a resurrection on day four? You see, they wanted their brother healed. But if Jesus were to heal him in that moment, I want you to hear me, church, because I feel like this is this applies for us today. If he would heal them in that moment, see, like doctors can heal, right? Doctors can heal. I mean, so Jesus would have just been another medicine man in that moment. He would have been somebody else that could do what other people do. But we are talking about revival, right? That There's only one that can revive. There's only one that can set free. There's only one that can bring back to life. There's only one that can take something that's been dead for days and say, I don't care how bad you stink. I don't care what's on you. I don't care what they said about your marriage. I don't care what they said about your finances. I don't care what's been going on. I can resurrect what I want to resurrect. I can do it right now. I know you wanted it on day one, but day four is on its way. God sent me here to tell you that day four Calvary is on its way. It's on its way. So we wanted it, and we typically want it when we want it because it's convenient for us. If you were to heal him now, that we would be great. We would be great. But it's not about you, and it's not about me. It's not about me. It's, it's not it's, I. It's not about us. It's not your miracle. It's not about you. It benefits you, but it's not about you. It's, it's, it's not about us. If it would have been about them, listen to me, then he would have got healed on day one. If it would have been about them. But because it wasn't about Lazarus, it wasn't about Mary and Martha, but Lazarus was actually, he was the vessel being used. And it was about now, I want you to hear me, the whole town. This in whole, this whole town in this moment, was weeping and mourning and crying prematurely because they wasted their tears. The Bible says that there's a time to cry and there's a time to mourn. This is not the time to do it because God had already given them a word. And what they should have been doing, I want you to hear me, what they should have been doing was praising. But instead of worshiping, they're weeping. They were crying and they were overwhelmed. And I'm trying to get to that person today who got a word and the word hasn't come to fruition yet and you're frustrated and you're trying to show God how angry you are but God's trying to show you how he works then Martha went to Jesus but Mary what stood behind Mary in that moment is trying to show Jesus just how frustrated she is she's trying to put Jesus on in that moment she's trying to say I'm not hey he didn't jump for me so I'm not going to jump for him he didn't run to me so I'm not going to run to him He didn't show up for me like I wanted him to show up. So I'm not going to show up for him. I'm not going to be with him. He didn't do it for me. Isn't it amazing when we try to put Jesus into this place? We try to put him in this place. The Bible says that she came to town, but Mary decided to hang out. That Jesus came to town, but Mary decided to hang out with the mourners. She had the author of life, but she preferred, she actually preferred to hang out with people that, that cry and weep and fake death. Our pastors taught us a lot about the professional mourners in the time. We know those stories. We know what that. See, here's what's crazy. She had the author of life. She had Jesus right there in front of her. But she wanted to hang out with those people that celebrate death. 
to celebrate those moments. She had everything she needed. And yes, she said, I resolved. I've already tried that way. I, I listened to you. You gave me a word. You gave me a promise. But you broke your promise, Jesus. So I'm going to stay back here because it's a little bit more comfortable for me. It's a little bit more comfortable for me. With these people and these people, these type of folks, they get me. They understand what I'm going through. And here's what's going to happen. Whether you like it or not, it's going to affect your faith. It's going to affect your faith. Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you that if you believe, that, see, that's a really big if. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. There was something messing with her faith in this moment. For Mary, it was the mourners. It was the mourners. It was the mourners. And it was the people that were crying, the people that were weeping. It was the people that were angry with people. And if you know anything about those customs in those days, our pastors taught us this. These guys were actually paid to do this. They didn't love her. They didn't care about her. They didn't care about her promises. They didn't care about her destiny. All they cared about was another paycheck. So sometimes, listen to me, it's like in that moment, it's like buying followers, like buying people to follow you. They were paid to cry with her. They were, they were paid to be with her in that moment. You may look at it. Hey, listen, there may be some of us that we need to check our circles every now and then. Maybe, maybe the reason why we're struggling the way that we're struggling is that we got the wrong people around us. Maybe our small group needs to change up just a little bit. Maybe there's some people that need to exit out of our life. You see, maybe, maybe some of you, the reason why you're not having breakthrough is because you go off after church and you get around the wrong people that all they're doing is gossiping about Jesus or talking about, Hey, this should be different or that should be different. How about you get on your face? And not leave until something changes. How about we get on our face and cry out to God until something shifts in our life? And see, there they were. Their arms, they, they had their arms like around her in this moment. And they're comforting her. They're telling her everything that Mary wanted to hear in that moment. It's going to be okay. We're going to figure this out. We're going to figure a way around this. I'm going to figure a way to get through this. But he already gave them a way to get through. He already gave them. She just chose not to accept what he said to her. And now all these people, they think they're giving good advice. Come on now. They think they're giving good advice. They think they're giving good advice, but really what they're doing is leading her astray in this moment. They're leading her down the wrong path. That a, a real friend would be different. A real friend, somebody that really loves you is going to be a little bit different. They would say, Mary, stop crying and start praising the real friend in your life would say, hey, you need to stop weeping and start worshiping Jesus. I'm, I'm telling you right now that revival is about to happen, Mary. You know, we got to surround ourselves with the right people that are going to push us to him and not from him in, these, in this hour. And see, it's one thing to worship in the middle of a revival. But there's something about, I love that type of person that on their way to revival, their hands are up and they're praising. On their way to their breakthrough, they're worshiping. On their way to their, you know, they, they haven't got all their answers. They haven't seen all their promises, but they're going to lift their hands up. They're going to praise. They're going to clap. They're going to dance anyways because they serve a good God and they know that he'll come through for them. You see, that's the type of worship that, that happens on, I, I love those type of people that on day one, 
Day one, when they're bitter, when they're frustrated, the answers hadn't come through. They're worshiping. On day two, they haven't seen their breakthrough, but they're still here. Day three, they keep showing up. That's the type of worship that God is looking for in this room. And I dare you today, I dare you right here in this place, if you haven't gotten all the answers that you wanted, if your promises haven't come to a reality, I dare you to take about 10 seconds and just give him some praise all across this room. Let's worship on our way to breakthrough. Let's worship on our way to revival. Let's worship on our way to seeing our God move on our behalf. You see, see, he already spoke to you about your marriage. He already spoke to you about your finances. He already spoke to you about your business. He already spoke to you about that sickness. He already spoke to you. I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Hey, I may be in day one, but day four is on its way. Come on, give him some praise. Come on. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Day four, day four is on its way. Day four is on its way. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He always shows up. He's never late. He will show up right on time. Right on time. Right on time. Right on time. You see, the enemy, he wants to mess with your faith. He wants to mess with you. And see, what, what is crazy is that so many times, and I'm, I'm getting close, I'm almost done. There's so many times, why would we believe the enemy quicker than we do God? Think about this for a moment. Why is it when God has already given us a word, insecurity comes at us, doubt comes at us, we know that God is there. We know that he gave us a word, but we're so quick. We're so quick to believe what the enemy has said. We're so quick to believe what the lies are. We're so quick to believe the insecurity. Why is it that when the creator of the universe, I want you to hear me. Why is it why the creator of the universe, the one that never just talks to talk, but when he talks, when our God talks, orbits come out of his mouth. Earth is formed. He can go and his air causes a human life to come. I'm telling you, our God never is wasteful with his words, but so many times we treat him as he's wasteful with his words, his promises. And so when those insecurities flare up, when that doubt flares up, it's like, man, God, why don't you show up for me? When you come, when you, and see, in that moment, you're, you need to realize you're falling into the trap that the enemy has set. This is actually, this is exactly how he works every time he wants to mess with your faith. If he, if he can't get you from going to church, listen to me. He may not be able to get you from going to church, but he's going to mess with your faith. He, he can get you to start doubting a little bit, stop believing a little bit. He's going to start trying to distract you. And what does he want to do? He doesn't necessarily want to distract you. But he wants to stop you from seeing the fullness of God, from seeing the glory of God. Second Corinthians 4, chapter 4. We're just going to go through it real quick. you got to see this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, did you hear me? If it's hidden behind a veil, it's only hidden from people who are perishing. Listen to verse 4. Satan, who is the God, lowercase g, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded. He's blinded the minds of those who don't believe, that don't believe. He has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. Listen to this. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. So in other words, he's blinded them. And they can't see the glory of God. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who, who is the exact likeness of God. 
You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. Listen to this. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are servants. For Jesus says in verse 6, listen to this. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made light shine in our hearts. Listen, so that we can know the glory of God that's seen in the face of Jesus. That's quite the clue. That says the glory of God sits on the faces in the face of Jesus. That means to look at the face of Jesus is to see the glory of God. That means to be in conversation with Jesus face to face is to be staring at the glory of God. Those that don't see it well, it's not that they're, it's not that he's not there. It's that they're veiled. They're covered. There's something distracting their eyes. There's something in their eyes. There's something blocking them. They're veiled by their disbelief. Do you hear me? They're veiled by their disbelief. They're veiled by whatever that's caused them to stop believing. And because they're veiled, because something got in their eyes, they could look at Jesus and not see Jesus for who he truly is. This is why Mary and Martha could be looking dead in the face. They could be looking dead in the face of Jesus. And instead of receiving from Jesus, instead of falling on their knees, worshiping Jesus, now they have all the frustrations of life veiling them, keeping them from being able to see the goodness of the Lord, keeping them from being able to see what God is wanting to do in their life. This is why this is why they would run up to Jesus and they would try to correct Jesus. They tried to correct him. Jesus, had you been there, had you been there, my brother would have not died. Had you done what I wanted you to do, when you encounter the glory of God, it shifts everything, it changes everything. You could go from being frustrated to worshiping. You could go from being tired to all of a sudden you're revitalized, you're ready to go. You, Unless there's something in your eye. Unless there's something in your eye. Now here, I'm no theologian. I don't claim to be. I'm no theologian. However, I would like to submit an argument that maybe the reason why he wept, maybe the reason why he wept was because he was annoyed and angry like the scripture describes. Have you ever been so mad that you cried? Have you been so angry that you cried? How angry, listen, how angry is it to see someone you thought you were in a relationship with, you thought had you, you were in covenant with, and they don't recognize you? Like, you know what I do, right? I'm the king of kings. I'm the Lord of lords. You've been around me, Mary. You've been around me, Martha. You've seen it. You've been around my ministry. You've seen the miracles. Why are you talking to me like that? I thought me and you were good. You asked me for a word. And guess what? I sent back a word just like you asked me to do. I've done everything. What happened right now? What's in your eye, Mary? What's in your eye, Martha? Do you believe this? Martha said this. You said, yes, Lord, I believe. I know what you're saying, but your actions tell me otherwise. What do you mean, my actions? Because you're looking in my face with the glory of, where the glory of God resides, and instead of worshiping me, you're worrying yourself to death. You're doubting me. You're accusing me. Could it be the reason that you're in a dry place is because you're veiled? Could it be the reason that you're struggling is because you're veiled? You're veiled with anger, veiled with bitterness, veiled with disbelief. Maybe that's the reason why you're struggling in your life. You failed because I didn't get my day one miracle. I didn't get my day two moment. I didn't see a breakthrough when I wanted it to happen. And here I am. I'm on day three and I'm frustrated and I'm annoyed looking like a fool because you told me you were going to do this. And I went around and I told everybody about it. I told everybody. Now I'm frustrated. I look foolish. 
Because I was telling everybody this miracle was going to happen. I was telling everybody there was going to be breakthrough. I was telling them all. And he's dead. He's dead, Jesus. He's dead. And see, I looked silly in front of all these people. And then what happened? I thought, I thought you said you would be there. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? So many times we choose to believe in our feelings over what God has said. But let's put it back in perspective. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? That's a proclamation right there. But in order to see the glory of God, in order for you to see the miracle, in order for you to see revival, in order for you to see breakthrough, in order for you to see restoration, in order for you to see all those things, guess what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to tear some veils away. We're going to have to tear some veils away. We're going to have to get rid of whatever's been blocking you, whatever's been in your line of sight, whatever's been holding you back. Whatever it is. Now here's the good thing. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus tore the veil. He tore the veil. So he's still into tearing veils today. Anyone ready for a veil to be torn? Anyone ready to see that bitterness or the disbelief gone? Anyone ready to get their joy back? Anyone ready to get their worship back? Anyone ready to see their spouse worshiping again? Their spouse praising again? And and seeing their children on fire like they used to be? I dare you. If you're ready to see that happen in this room, I dare you to get ready for that breakthrough. And maybe even give him some praise right there where you're at. Saying, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Worship team. Worship team. Come on up. Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? I'm cutting it down. Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you you that if you believe, you will see. You will see. It's a promise. I got to adjust your faith today. I got to fix your focus today. I got to fix again. I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm, I'm going to get to you. I want you to hear me. I know you're frustrated because I, I told you the sickness wouldn't end in death. But I promise you it's not going to end there. Listen to me, church. Yeah, he's he's dead. But he's but he's dead. So instead, it, you, you said this, Jesus. You said it wouldn't end in death. I never said, this is what Jesus, this is what I feel like he is saying to us. I never said that death wouldn't be part of the process. I never said that death wouldn't be part of the process. Do you understand that this is the same God that can resurrect himself? This is the same God that can resurrect himself. He's the same God that can resurrect himself. What do you think he could do about your situation? What do you think he could do about your circumstance? What do you think he could do about your your problems, whatever it is that you may be going through? What do you think he could do for your marriage this morning? What do you think he could do with that sickness this morning? What do you think? What do you think? See, what you need to realize and what I came to tell you today is that your day four is on its way. It's on its way. It's on its way. Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? You know, I was thinking about this. This is like a sheep, but you hear me. I don't know. There have been times in my life where I feel like God is wanting to bring breakthrough in my life. And in areas, there's been seasons, I don't know about you guys, but I've had seasons where I felt like I could believe for anything and it just happened. But then there's seasons where I feel like, hey, where'd you go? What happened? What happened? I remember uh, March 1st, last year, my father went to be with Jesus. And I was sitting there and I was like, I'll be honest with you, it caught us off guard. 
we were not expecting my father to pass away at all. Not at all. And I, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. It was hard for me to see what God was doing in that moment. It was hard for me to see what he was trying to accomplish because I just kind of felt like, man, God, why'd you leave? I thought, I thought I was going to see break. I, I thought I had more time with him. I thought I had more time. And I get there and um, I'm frustrated. We do the we do the funeral. We have a great celebration. All those kind of things. And I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, God, I still don't understand. I don't understand this. I don't understand. And I'm going to tell you. It, that felt like day one to me. That felt like day one to me. It felt like it was it was difficult. It was hard. It was hard to raise up my hands in service. And a lot of times, I, I just being real. Want to be anywhere but. You ever been there? Am I the only one? And I remember sitting there and thinking, God, what are you doing? But then here's what's crazy about this whole situation. I didn't understand it. I see it now. And I wouldn't take, I wouldn't change anything that has happened. My family. See, sometimes it's not about us. Sometimes it's not about me. Sometimes it's not about my miracle. It's not about my breakthroughs. What, how he can use it for the whole town to have revival, for everybody to experience the goodness of God. And I saw years of family situations, years of hardships and different things where people wouldn't talk to each other, frustrated. All of a sudden, I'm in a group chat with people that will not shut up. Will not stop talking. And there's a moment, there's a couple of times where I'm like, I want to get frustrated with it. And then I'm like, no. Because those same people I've seen, I've seen a brother and a sister come to Jesus through this. I got another brother that's run, that's that's coming. He's on his way. He's on his way. But I'm seeing God. See, listen, on day one, I'm telling you, uh, they they were all, whether whether I liked it or not, they were all watching how I would respond. They were watching how I would respond to that moment. And I'm going to be honest with you. Everything in my life, everything about me at that moment wanted to just hide, wanted to go into a cave, go somewhere else. But God used that moment. And there was, there was times where I felt like he was saying to me, did I not tell you I got this? Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? Somehow he took a death. But I don't even view it as a death. I actually view it as a resurrection. Because I've seen God move in such a powerful way. And I don't know what you're dealing with this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I know that your day four is coming. I believe that the miracle is coming. I believe that there's breakthrough that's coming. I believe that there's going to be circumstances turned upside down. I believe what it may not seem like it right now. But I believe that it's on its way. I'm telling you, I believe that it's on its way. And what I, what I feel like God is saying today... What I feel like God is saying is that so many of us this morning have veils. That we have things that are covering our eyes on our way to our breakthrough. And what God is saying, if when you start and if you'll start praising me, even though you don't see it, what I believe happens, a little bit of that veil gets torn. 
Every time I lift up my hands, even though I'm discouraged, a little bit of that veil gets torn. Every time, even though I haven't seen my healing, but I get on my face and I say, God, I know that you're Jehovah Rapha. I know you're good for your promises. Every time I worship when the enemy doesn't want me to worship, it breakthrough. Every time that I lift up my hands when I don't want to lift up my hands, breakthrough. Every time that, that there's disease and there's things that speak to us, and I worship anyways, I believe that the veil is being torn every time. And this morning, what I want to challenge you with is all across this room, if there's a promise or if there's a there's something in your heart, there's something that's been spoken to you, I'm challenging you this morning to right there where you're at, to stand to your feet, right there where you're at, and just begin to worship. Begin to praise. Begin to worship. Begin to praise. Right there. And as you worship, as you worship, As you praise, that veil is being ripped. You may be like, man, my kids aren't coming back home. They're not going to come back home. As you worship, I believe that the promises of the Lord says this. You will be saved, you and your household. God, give us our promises. Those are our promises. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the God. He's the God that provides. He's Jehovah Rapha. The God that heals. He, he is the God that operates in peace. So today, right there where you're at, there's a promise. If there's something, I want to encourage you, maybe even step out of your seats. And as you step out of your seats on your way to revival, what could happen? What could happen? There may be breakthrough for some of us. That veil could be torn. That veil could be torn. That anxiety, that depression, those thoughts can be broken. That pornography could be broken. We can see God move. We can see God move. We can see him move. Look, look, the veil's being torn right now. Don't stop. Don't stop praising him. Don't stop worshiping. Your day four is on its way. 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 It's on its way. It's on its way. It's on its way. Come on. Start praising for those that that have stopped praising. Today, we're going to see a fire spread. It's going to spread across this house. Come on. The veil is being torn. 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 God, remove whatever it is that's in our eyes. Remove whatever it is that's in our eyes. God, we still believe for healing. We still believe for breakthrough. Today, I believe that God is breaking off addictions. I believe that he's breaking off addictions right there in your seat. Right there in your seat. Right there in your place that you're at. I believe that he's breaking off addictions. He's restoring joy. He's restoring faith. He's restoring hope. For those of you that have doubted, God is restoring it. He's restoring it. He's restoring it. He's restoring. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.